The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with me today. I'm very glad that you're joining me here on The Spirit of Recovery. I know we've got listeners that are across the United States and around the world, and uh, it's uh, just a joy to be able to share these ideas about recovery and spirituality with you and to bring you wonderful guests who always have some cutting-edge ideas to share, ideas that they are probably practicing in their own life most of the time and also that they're sharing with other people who they uh, work with in one way or the other as volunteers or in their professional lives. And so, uh, again, I want to welcome you here to the Spirit of Recovery today and also to thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, and your other spiritual communities, your family and your friends, know about the Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for spreading the word. It's uh, great to be broadcasting here on this topic on Unity Online Radio. I also love hearing from you, our listeners. Thank you for liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook and like us, and you can also communicate with Spirit of Recovery via Facebook, or you can also email us at um, the address that's given here on our uh, intro. And so I want you to know also that you can listen to the Spirit of Recovery live through your computer. You can also listen to it uh, 24-7 on the archived programs, and you get there by going to www.unityonlineradio.org and looking uh, for the Spirit of Recovery page. It's very easy to find. You can also listen to the Spirit of Recovery on your mobile device. So there are lots of ways that you can access the Spirit of Recovery and the other programs on Unity Online Radio. And every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. And my guests are always people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable, and who are innovative. My guests are always people that are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people and that have uh, spiritual insights and growth-oriented insights to share with you. And they always are bringing practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. 
I want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place. And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or a friend in your own recovery as a family member or friend or if you're a family member or friend of someone with the disease of addiction, whether or not they or you are in recovery or if you're just curious and looking for more information about recovery, just want to learn more about it, what it is, um, we welcome you here on the Spirit of Recovery, and welcome your participation in our discussions. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. I'm also a person who has, in my own circle of love and friendship, many people with the disease of addiction. And um, 32 years ago this month, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and uh, spiritual development. And so my walk is an integration of the unity principles and the recovery principles, and that keeps me growing and keeps transforming and deepening my life. So I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to host Spirit of Recovery and to share ideas with you and to hear what's happening with you in your spirituality and recovery walk. So today... Our topic here on Spirit of Recovery is relationships as a spiritual practice. As you may have noticed, creating harmony in relationships is no easy task. It takes uh, self-awareness and skill and maturity, and uh, that can seem overwhelming. But there is hope uh, in many ways that we can find help and hope with that. And one of uh, the very powerful ways that my guests are going to be sharing with us today is to apply the 12 traditions of 12-step recovery programs that were formulated really to help groups um, live in harmony, help 12-step groups live in harmony, but to apply those 12 traditions as a way to heal and enrich all relationships. And so my guests today are Ken S. and Sherry G. S., They are a married couple. They're both in recovery. They met um, after they were already in 12-step recovery. Sherry uh, is in a program for family members, and Ken is in a program for alcohol recovery from uh, the disease of alcoholism. And they got the idea, which they'll be sharing with us later today, to apply the 12 traditions to their own relationship with each other and also to all the relationships in their life. And... uh, Ken and Sherry also volunteer to host a monthly recovery meeting, uh, which meets at the retreat, which is in uh, Wyzetta, Minnesota, which is um, in the greater Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And this uh, recovery meeting is focused on relationships as a spiritual practice using the 12 traditions. So Sherry and Ken, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thanks, Anna. We're so glad Thanks to be for here. We're really glad you're here. Thank you. So, yeah, it's it's just exciting. Um, tell us a little bit, first of all, in general, what are the traditions in 12-step programs? And um, just to give us a basis for understanding here, a common basis, and then, of course, we want to spend most of our time today talking about how you apply those traditions in your personal lives and relationships. So what are the traditions and what do they do for 12-step programs? Do you want to go ahead with that, honey? Sure. Um, Bill Wilson, one of the framers of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, wrote the traditions as uh, sort of a uh, as guidelines, actually, for uh, the way the AA groups should should function. And um, 
it, it, it's actually quite interesting that it was a he, he did this in order that the the program is would be cohesive and the way that they they apply to our personal relationships is, is really quite amazing Mm-hmm. So it's like he, they really recognized early on in AA that if they didn't have some guidelines that the groups themselves couldn't even function, that they had to do something beyond the, beyond the steps, which were for the personal recovery. Right. And I know that, uh, right, that sure you said that you study in your own, uh, group that you attend for your personal recovery that you, you all study the traditions regularly. Right. Just as a- um, it's one of, once a month, one of the topics is always traditions. And I'm very grateful for that with my home group because um, it helped me to see them in a new light. We really embrace the traditions in our meeting. And in the beginning, I didn't really care to hear about them that much because I was so invested in how do I spend time delving into these steps, which were helping my life to change so much. But we had some people who had already practice the traditions, talk about what it was like to start applying them in their relationships, and it just opened up a new world for me. And so initially, I ended up studying them with my sponsor. I then in turn studied them with the women I sponsor. In fact, we're doing another tradition study right now, and I know that Ken had the same um, experience with his sponsor, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you started out learning about them in, in terms of the context of the group, but then you got the idea of, uh, to put them right, really into your personal relationships. And, and I, you, you, bought, you have an interesting story about uh, how you actually saw people applying these to their marriages. Tell us that story. Well, one of the things that happened here in Minnesota was there was a group who first um, found recovery in Hawaii, and they came upon the traditions there. There's actually a group of people in Texas that had originally written, rewritten the relationship, um, excuse me, the traditions with wordings for the relationships. So they brought those traditions from Hawaii to Minnesota, and they started up groups of married couples um, getting together monthly and talking about these traditions. Um, Ken and I were invited on a retreat weekend on studying the traditions in our relationships as part, um, and and we were intrigued into heading in that direction because we had both worked them on our own with our sponsors. And so we went to that weekend. We found them to be very valuable. And then the other thing that we found was that Although there were groups around studying them, the requirement to get into those groups appeared to be that you had to be a married couple, and we were only engaged at the time. So we kept on looking for a way to start practicing these, and we were asked if we would start a meeting here at the retreat to help people study them. And so the meeting that happens here at the retreat is open to everybody, regardless of your marital status, because above and beyond the marriage that Ken and I have together, we have a multitude of different relationships. Just between the two of us, we're members of the fellowship, we're friends, we're co-workers. We have a variety of different relationships just between us two. And then there's also the fact that I'm a daughter and I'm a sister and I'm a stepmother and I'm a grandmother and I'm a friend and I'm a sponsor. So we want to open up a space that anybody can come and participate. Mm-hmm. So... How how long have you been uh, having this meeting going on? I think we're in our third year. Is that right? Yes, we are in our third year, yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
What are some of the things uh, that you see happening in to, for people in that meeting as they've been practicing this? I'm sure there are people that come and go, but um, even if they stay long-term or short-term, what's happening for them in their lives? You know, what I see are people really open up. Um, they, it's a meeting where they, in, in other aspects of their life, they may not feel safe in, in communicating some of the things that they communicate, and, and they feel safe at this meeting. So that, and I per, that's what I personally observe, um, <laughs> as, as well as uh, a, a more, more feeling much more cohesive and much closer to the program at, you know, in the larger sense as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I observe anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. The thing that I would add, too, with that is that um, we've gone through the traditions three different times now, and there's a, there's a core group of people who have been coming to all three years, and then we've had other people join along the way. And each time that we talk about a tradition again, um, it's like there's new information that was suddenly placed in the tradition because as we deepen our understanding of this, there's new ideas that come up and surface in this process. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like it keeps getting deeper or, or you see new facets of the traditions and so forth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you the, the hard question is how has it changed your marriage? Now you've been at it for three years, obviously very involved uh, working these traditions. What's it, how's it affected your marriage? We're you both waiting to see who's going to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was joking with you before because we can't see each other. I thought, so now we're going to get to test this out. How much harmony does this really, how does it work? This, it's good. We're doing good. So, all right. So who's going who's gonna to speak up here about this one? <laughs> well, I, and I would say that it's opened up. I, I personally am not always the greatest communicator. And just being mindful on a day-to-day basis of these traditions um, opens up, again, just like I was talking about earlier with, with the other people at the meeting, it, it tends to make me much more open. It tends to make me, it, practicing them tends to make me feel very safe in, um, in that I, I, trust, I trust in something higher than myself that, that I'm able to share and communicate with her. Um, because I'm putting a, I, I'm putting this on a level of, of obviously a power much greater than myself. Right. So it's in a sense you're not in the you're not in the relationship just by yourself. Like you said, you've got that help from a higher power and um, to support you in being in the relationship, maybe. Absolutely. It's it's and in fact, I would even take it a step further. As, Sherry and I, and I think you, my wife would agree with me, that um, we don't necessarily consider ourselves just two halves of a whole, but actually two-thirds of a whole with that, with that higher power being at the, at the, at the, the head the, of the function. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Well, Sherry, what about for you? How do you feel like it's affected your marriage to study these traditions? Well, I would agree with what Ken just said. Um, The other piece, we use materials, as I said before, that were developed by a group in Texas who decided to study the traditions. And 
anybody can find these online by Googling um, Al-Anon AA Traditions and Relationships. And what I love about the materials is that there's questions after each of the traditions to help you to deepen your understanding. There's something that happens when Ken and I have an opportunity to talk about these traditions with those questions that almost creates a safety zone. So there might be something that feels a little bit vulnerable to bring up in our relationship, but when we're talking about it in the context of the traditions, it feels it just feels like it's, there's an ease to that. Um, so I, that's part of what I really appreciate with this. Mm-hmm. Do you use the uh, traditions like on a daily basis or, or in any kind of a formalized way outside of the meetings in your relationship? I don't know. Do you, I don't know. Do you say, let's have a tradition talk or I don't know. How do you, how do you actually practice them in your daily relationship? Well, when we get together before the monthly meeting, we usually talk about whatever that tradition is. But some of these just become part of our fabric, I really think. Like, Unity being at this, uh, the center of our relationship, like how are we unified? Are my behaviors unifying to our relationship? You know, that's the first tradition, and that becomes just a constant thought process for me when I'm deciding how I want to show up in my relationship with Ken. You know, Ken just talked about um, having God be in the center of our relationship, and that, that speaks to the second tradition, which says that there's only one authority, a loving God. And so, you know, part of this becomes just an ebb and flow of our daily life. I think that in the beginning it was more learning what each of these traditions meant, but now it just feels like there's a flow to it that happens just as part of our being. Right. Would so you it's agree become- with that, sweetie? Yeah, if I could just, if I could write on her coattails a little bit, even, you know, it's not like Sherry and I have a, a plaque on our wall and we, you know, we recite these every day. It's certainly not like that. But the, the fact that we, we, you know, do the meeting every month and are mindful of our own personal recoveries, of course, just being mindful of these traditions on a day-to-day basis uh, allows us to to practice them in, in that sense, you know, we we make them an integral part of our of our lives every day, and it's not necessarily that we even have to think about it in, until, of course, ego gets in the way, and then all of a sudden we have to <laughs> we we have to you know be mindful and and recall what we're being asked to do. Um, right. So that's so it's, if nothing else, it's just it's just the mindfulness. Wonderful. So it's a, a natural. A natural part. It's time for our first break, so uh, we'll be back. Listeners, stay with us. We'll be back talking about relationships as a spiritual practice with my guests, Sherry and Ken. We'll be right back. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying 
To know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave the five principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because the five principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles. They cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my topic today is relationships as a spiritual practice. And I'm talking with my guests, Ken S. and Sherry G.S. They are a married couple who apply the 12 traditions of the recovery programs to their relationships. And they also volunteer to sponsor a once-a-month meeting at the retreat in Wyzetta, Minnesota, which is uh, in the greater uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Uh, metro area. They do that once a month. It is a 12-step or a 12-tradition program uh, that they sponsor a meeting where people learn to apply the 12 traditions to their relationships, and they might be uh, marriage relationships, partner relationship, friends, coworkers. We've all got lots of relationships, so they don't restrict anybody um, from coming to that meeting, and people are learning and growing a lot um, in their relationships. Before I get back to my conversation with Sherry and Ken, uh, and I invite you to join me for a moment of Peace, a moment of connecting consciously with your higher power for the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, to take a breath, to feel that peaceful presence of your higher power from the crown of your head, relaxing all the way through your body. And share with me this constructive idea. Every relationship in my life has but one primary purpose, to express love. I trust my higher power to guide me and strengthen me to live in love 
and harmony. Every relationship in my life has but one primary purpose, to express love. I trust my higher power to guide me and strengthen me to live in love and harmony. And now we take a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that was a moment of conscious contact with that power in your life, that spiritual power that loves you and and strengthens you and guides you. And so now we're back to my conversation with my guests, Ken and Sherry, talking about relationships as a spiritual practice and applying the 12 traditions of the 12-step fellowship to relationships. So... uh, as we get back into this conversation, I would like to uh, ask Sherry if you would read the traditions for relationships. They are, again, based on the 12 traditions of the 12-step programs, and they're reworded a little bit in a really interesting way. So would you read those for us? And then we'll, of course, go back and talk about how we apply them. But would you read them for us, the traditions for relationships? Absolutely. And the wording is just a little different, but the underlying principles are the same, which is part of why I love them. So number one is our common welfare comes first. A healthy relationship depends upon unity. Number two, for our family or relationship purpose, there is but one authority, a loving God as he expresses himself in our informed family conscience. Each family is God's trusted servant, none governs. Number three is two or more persons, when gathered together for mutual benefit, may call themselves a relationship. The only basic requirements for a good marriage or relationship is a mutual desire to be in that relationship and willingness to make it work. Number four, each partner should be autonomous, except in matters affecting the other partner, the family or relationship or society as a whole. Number five is each marriage or relationship has but one primary purpose, to serve as an expression of God's love. Number six, a partner ought not be overly supportive spiritually, emotionally, or physically to the marriage or relationship, lest problems of ego gratification divert him or her from the primary purpose. Number seven, each partner ought to strive to be fully self-supporting, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Number eight, our marriage or relationship should remain forever a free-giving relationship one to the other. Number nine, a family or relationship should be pliable in its organization, but our group conscience may appoint certain persons responsible to serve various functions. Number ten, a relationship should avoid heated controversy. Number eleven, Each partner best conveys his or her belief and philosophy by attraction rather than promotion. Anonymity is a valuable asset to the marriage or relationship. And then number 12 is selflessness is a spiritual foundation of our way of life as married partners or friends. 
ever reminding us to place principles above personalities, and the principle is unselfishness. Thank you. Boy, that, when I hear those, they really elevate my thoughts in, in, a, in an amazing way, and boy, really put relationships on a different basis. Yep, those are profound. Would you tell us again where a person could find those if they are interested? Mm-hmm. They were started by a group in Texas, and you can find them by going on Google and Googling Traditions for Relationships, Al-Anon, and AA, and you're able to find them pretty easily. Great. That sounds great. Each of you has uh, different ones of these traditions that stand out for you as uh, ones that really speak to you especially. Um, Ken, what's one that really stands out for you that you uh, that is very meaningful for you, and how do you work it? Well, the the two that are the two, in fact, that are really stand out for me are the ones are four and seven, which involve autonomy. And let, let me explain why. Um, in in my past relationships, before Sherry and I um, came together. That my relationships, uh, unfortunately, were very dysfunctional in that I always thought that a relationship had to look like a chain-link fence. And what I mean by that is that everything in the relationship, and I mean everything, had to be intertwined, and there, and there shouldn't be anything um, as far as outside interests et cetera, you know, that, that should be influencing that relationship. And, and what I've learned in this program um, in my marriage to Sherry is that the only way for the relationship to be healthy is for both of us to be individually as, as healthy as we can be. And that includes um, strengthening ourselves through our our interests, even if, even if those interests aren't exactly the same. One, one thing that I like to point out at meetings a lot is that Sherry and I both have interests and activities that have nothing to do with each other, and that and that makes for a stronger relationship, if that makes sense. So that's, it's really this autonomy that, that really speaks to me because it's it's a huge, huge growth factor for me. Right. So when you first got together um, and started dating Sherry, was there any sense of uh, conflict about that at first? Were there's, do you have any, any good stories about when one of you wanted to do some other activity or interest and the other one was like, no, or, or anything like that? Or how did you navigate that when you first uh, started dating and, and trying to, to see things in a different way maybe? Well, well, frankly, Anna, this is one of those areas where I still, you know, we were all imperfect, and, and this is in a, in a process for the rest of our lives, but this is one of those areas that I still have to continue to work because a, a lot of times I'll try to, when, when Sherry talks to me about a situation or a problem or a conflict she's had that day, I'll, of course, go into my, my immediate um, mechanism of trying to fix the situation instead of just being there to listen because that's really what really all she's asking of me that's that's really all she needs so it's instead of me trying to manipulate and control the situation by fixing it it's i i'm trusting in 
again, it, it's trusting in something higher than myself that that it. I, she doesn't need me to, to fix that. All she needs me to do is be the supportive um, mate that I am. Right. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, and we're all uh, quite human. We get reminded of that on a daily basis, and I'm I'm always actually relieved when I hear people uh, share about the things that they do that are pretty human because I do plenty of them. So it makes it makes me feel like I'm not alone. So thank you, Ken. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It takes it does it takes a lot of courage to listen to somebody that you care about if they're hurting or upset about something and not want to get in there and fix it. So so it helps you then if you remember, yeah, that God's in there. So Sherry, what about you? What's one uh, that is a favorite of yours or one that work, that you're working with right now? One of these well, traditions. Well, I have a little story about when we first started working the traditions, and of course, we started with tradition one, mm-hmm. and so we we were looking at this concept of unity in our relationships. And what happened is when we started working that relationship, anytime that we'd have a disagreement about anything, Ken would look at me and say, "Unity!" Like somehow that meant I needed to change my mind. Oh, <laughs> so we unity. Had some- well, and I think that um, some of us have learned that unity is supposed to be peace at any price, that I'm supposed to acquiesce to whatever the whole may seem like it wants, even if it's not in my best interest. And so I think that within unity, there's also that need to pay attention to what's What's my what's my voice in all of this? Because in order to actually be participating in a healthy relationship, I have to state my opinion and my needs when they come up, you know? So just a little story about unity, but the one that I all, the tradition I always go back to, and they're all so rich, but the one that I have to pay attention to on a daily basis is this our marriage or relationship, it's number eight, our marriage or relationship should remain forever a free-giving relationship one to the other. Um, as a recovering scorekeeper, I have to be mindful that there is give and take that happens in our marriage. And and I, I was always the person that was keeping score and looking at, here's all the things that I've done for you. Um, so you should now be giving me whatever it is that I want back in return. And that's not a healthy relationship. That, that doesn't say that we don't need to have balance in our tasks and our responsibilities. Um, but when I'm giving to Ken, I just want it to be free and from my heart. And I feel that about how I give to my sister, how I give to my mother, how I give to my employer. Um, I, I don't want to have strings attached, so I have to be very mindful of giving for free. So how do you how do you navigate that? And I'd, I'd love to hear from both of you because we all know that there are times in any relationship where it feels like just a minute here. You know, I'm, I've been doing a lot here, and what have you done for me lately? So how do you keep that in balance? How do you do that if you're if it's if you're not keeping score, which we do know doesn't work, as you said? How do you keep it in balance? Do you want me to go first since I brought sure. it up, sweetie? Yeah. <laughs> that seems Certainly. fair, doesn't it? Sure. <laughs> I, what I try to do, 
I'm a, I'm a person who has a tendency to be busy. And sometimes I can miss the finer details of what's really happening in our life. Um, so for me, part of keeping score, I'm keeping score, not keeping score, giving freely is being mindful of the truth of the situation. So, yes, it could be that the garbage has not been taken out. Um, but rather than focus on that, I, I first need to open my eyes to what has happened. You know, has there spontaneously been groceries that have showed up in the refrigerator because Ken decided to take a trip to the store? Um, I was away for a business trip last week and came home, and the, the floor needed to be swept. However, there was this beautiful garden that was created for me outside that he'd been working on all week. And so it's just instead of, trying, instead of staying focused on this little piece of the puzzle that I'm seeing in front of me, I need to look at the bigger picture in order to um, – see the truth, and then that helps me to give freely. I don't want to be upset about the fact that I need to sweep the floor. I want to be grateful about the fact that I've got a beautiful garden that's in my front yard right now. Mm, that's great. Well, Ken, I'm going to put you on the spot. How, from your side of it, how do you keep in balance? Well, I, Sherry just actually took the wind out of my sail a little bit, and of course, <laughs> that's my fault for letting her go first. But <laughs> I think we're seeing Again. balance in action here. This is good. Thank you. That was really exactly. I have. Um, I already really kind of touched on it. It's um, the the best way that I can practice this because I can. Again, I can have a real problem with trying to um, be a fixer. Is that again? It's about communicating. Not by not by a lot of verbiage, but by listening. And because a lot of times, I when even when I think that I'm listening, I may be hearing, but I'm not actually listening to what she's saying. And and of course, you know, the, the most effective communication is is the most effective listening. And so, I, my my answer to that is really really that. Right. Could- how do you know when you're really listening as opposed to hearing? What's different? When I when I can frankly keep my mouth shut and just let her have her experience, um, and and that's how I know because I I tend to be uh, frankly Anna I can be very very self righteous sometimes, and mm-hmm. think that I know what's best for everybody around me, and and. Really, seriously, it's just about remaining, um, remaining open to her, just in in silence and just listening, really listening to what she has to say, and and a lot of times not even responding. Mm-hmm. And at the end, for a personality of my type, that it can be very, very, admittedly, very difficult sometimes. Right. Thank you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, and thank you for sharing that. That's helpful to kind of get a sense of, of, of how that difference is and what it really takes, um, you know, to do that, to just really be present to another person. So, Sherry, can, does that feel, can you experience the difference when he's doing that, when he's really listening rather than just hearing? Does that, you feel that shift? Yes. There's, there's a lot. There's less anxiety when that's happening, and I think that for both of us, whenever we're tapping into Tradition Five, which talks about serving as an expression of God's love, that helps to get that part of us that 
is getting triggered and whatever the experience out of the way and helps us to become more open to whatever the other person might need in that moment instead of what we think they might need because it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's time for our uh, break again, and thank you both for all that you're sharing with us. I appreciate your vulnerability. Listeners, stay with us. My guests are Ken and Cherry, and we're talking about relationships as a spiritual practice, applying the 12 traditions to our relationships. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my topic today is relationships as a spiritual practice, applying the 12 traditions of recovery programs to uh, as a way to heal and enrich all of our relationships. And my guests are Ken S. and Sherry G. S. They are a married couple who are both in recovery programs, and they do apply the traditions very consciously to their own relationship, and they also volunteer to host a monthly uh, recovery meeting that's focused on using the traditions as a spiritual practice. And um, they have shared with us that if you're interested in seeing this particular uh, translation of the 12 traditions, you can Google um, Al-Anon AA uh, traditions and relationships, and you will most likely find um, a wonderful uh, document there that's uh, that's got these traditions uh, that are modified a little bit, still based in the principle, but modified a bit um, for uh, personal relationships. And also, 
um, if you're interested in starting a group yourself, then I'd be happy for you to uh, contact me at Spirit of Recovery at Unity onlineradio.org and that's spirit of recovery at unityonlineradio.org and I can forward that uh, information to Sherry and Ken and they can through that medium share with you how you might start a traditions for relationships group if that's something you're interested in doing. So now we're back to our conversation about the traditions and um uh, appreciate again Sherry and Ken your willingness to be vulnerable and um you you're not perfect, huh? Tell us about this. <laughs> we talked about that during the break. Uh, you know, Ken and I have been leading this meeting for a number of years. We've led retreats on this topic, um, but we always let people know that we're not, we're not talking about this information with anybody because we feel like we do perfect this perfectly in our relationships. We just feel like we've got a next, an extra tool because of this information that helps us to navigate. And both of us came from a past that had pretty unhealthy relationships. We know how to do those very well. We wanted to learn how to come together happily and healthily in this marriage. Mm-hmm. So. Great. That's, that's the point of view we come from. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's not about having some perfectionistic idea. It's about, as you said, having a, a powerful tool, an extra tool, and really being willing to work it. So what other of these traditions? Ken, what's another one that's uh, really important to you that you work, that stands out for you? You know, actually, Anna, the... All of these hold equal equal weight to me um, because it's uh, you know you, you you just thank us for being vulnerable. I, I'm a guy that if you were to look at me, you would think I I played for the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I'm, I'm a red meat American. Um, being vulnerable, you know, it's not even now in the 21st century. It's still not, unfortunately, part of the culture that that you know men make themselves vulnerable. It's still something that's in transition. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I just have to, I have to, in, in order to be an instrument in, in God's will, I, I have to be willing to be vulnerable, to, to open myself, not, not only open my mind, but open my heart. And that's, and that's really where, where I'm at with these. As, you know, to the extent that I remain a student today, then, then I'm remaining open. If I, if all I'm doing is reading these and I'm not incorporating the the underlying spiritual principles that are contained with these within these traditions, namely the, the unity, the humility, love, compassion, then then all I'm doing is is reading these, and I'm only, you know, I'm just going through the motions. Um, it, it's really about. You know, laying myself wide open as far as self-examination and being the sort of what my higher power is expecting me to be today. Mm-hmm. So it really is a, a lot of willingness to, I would think, learn about yourself to to change when it when that's needed and to grow. That's that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Sherry, what about you? How, what's a, another one or a way that you look at these that's really powerful in your life? 
You know, it seems that different traditions pop up for me depending on what might be going on. Um, One of them that I always get drawn back to is Tradition 4, where it states each partner should be autonomous except in matters affecting the other partner, the family, or the relationship or society as a whole. And what I have to be mindful of is that in, and Ken talked about this somewhat earlier, in our relationship there's things that are mine and things that are his and then things that are ours. One of the things I have to be mindful of is not projecting that something that's really his might be ours and might impact me at some point in the future. Um, The example that comes to mind is that Ken ended up injuring his back at work a few years ago and um, had to have surgery and was off work for a long while and could no longer go back to the place that he was working. And what happened in that process was I, I had some anxiety around how is this going to impact us eventually? Um, I had to take that and work through that with the women in my program, the woman that um, sponsors me, and not with Ken because it really wasn't his issue. He was doing exactly what he needed to do. He was healing. He was looking for a job. We never ended up um, paying our bills late. We always had everything that we needed, but that fear that, that about what if or maybe was coming into play, and if I look at autonomy, then I get to look at the truth about the fact that that doesn't actually impact me, even though it's a situation that's going on with him and I care about him and I wanted to help him through that process as a wife, um, he got to decide how he was going to navigate that because that that was his side of the street. Does that make sense, Anna? Yeah, it does a lot. And I think that um, that's a, a wonderful that you did that. That's sure not easy. And, and I know uh, earlier you talked a little bit about anxiety and, and how when you're in another context, but when Ken really listens to you, you, your anxiety goes down. But in this, I could see for sure we've all been there. If something happens uh, to somebody we've got a financial relationship with, when that changes, the anxiety goes up. But it sounds like that you, by working these traditions and working your program, were able to navigate that. And Ken, how did that affect you that Sherry was able to do that? Um, obviously, you were in a difficult situation if you had an injury and you, you know, couldn't go back to that same workplace what different how did it affect you that she was able to not kind of get in your business i guess is a way to put it well it, it's it, it affects me just in the fact that um again sherry and i have married late a little later in life and my past relationships were nothing like that nothing like giving me my space and and freedom to do what I needed to do. And so if there was any effect on me, I was floored by the fact of her, uh, just how how on a new level this person in my life was, how much much growth there was in, in this relationship. If, if that makes any sense, yeah, for sure, yeah, because it that is a different a, a different experience, and I'm sure um, that, like you said, it was like, wow, maybe I've never experienced this before, and a sense of freedom, and I think also respect. You know, that's a real sense of respect for somebody <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to do that. A- absolutely, and again, my past relationships were were fairly dysfunctional in that way, and that and that respect, unfortunately, didn't exist. And, and it was about control and manipulation and and 
Yeah, exactly. I, I had never experienced that before, so it was like, wow, I had no, absolutely no idea that a relationship could be this this free and that this loving and this mm-hmm. compassionate. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. What else? What are some other uh, ways that these traditions impact you? Any other uh, examples, any other stories that you have about how they touch your marriage and your individual lives? You know, in Tradition 3, the, the end sentence talks about how um, the only requirement to be in a good marriage or relationship is a mutual desire to be in that relationship and a willingness to make it work. And that feels like another one of those strong foundational traditions in this process, um, Ken and I are willing to make our marriage work. We think we've got a really good thing going, um, and then sometimes we drive each other a little bit crazy. But because we are in that relationship and we want to make it work, that deepens that commitment to be able to talk about the things that are hard with each other. And, you know, that that's not easy when um, you're fearful that you might be rejected or misunderstood in what you're, you are saying. Um, but unless we're both willing to speak, this won't work. So I think that that willingness to make it work, even on those days where you're wondering, <laughs> wow, what did I do when I married this person? And then 10 minutes later, you're head over heels in love again. Um, if you if there's that commitment there as part of these tradition asks us to have, um, it, it it just really it's really helpful to that process of knowing you know what no we decided that we were going to do this together so let's do this together. Mm-hmm. How do you see that one, Ken? I, I actually, Anna. If yeah, yes, I absolutely agree with that, but. It, I know we're short on time. I just wanted to say that um, it's important to remember that, that, again, this is not limited to couples. This is not limited to marriages. You know, um, if you think about it, we spend more time with our work colleagues than, than we do with our families and loved ones on a day-to-day basis. And uh, tra- Tradition 5, for instance, if I could a- answer the question in, in my own way. Um, sure. It's right. Each marriage or relationship has but one priority primary purpose to serve as an expression of God's love. Now, if if I'm mindful of that every morning when I go into work, then the the, comp, the competitiveness, the the um, dog eat dog mentality that, that all of us can much of the time experience in a work situation, all of that goes out the window, and and all of a sudden, I, speaking of that freedom. I, I, there's a new freedom in the I, in the idea that I'm here to serve, and that can again it can be a completely um, freeing and rectifying uh, way of, of uh, a whole new way of working um, with, with colleagues, and so that's I just think it's important to remember not to completely change go off subject from which, where Sherry was, but I just wanted to reiterate the fact that these traditions work in all of our relationships, no matter what that relationship is. Thank you. That's wonderful. Um, it's it's true. It, ta- it puts us in a whole, a whole different world, as you said, a world of love and a world of service. 
our time is finished here today, unfortunately. And Sherry and Ken, I want to thank you so much for, first of all, for uh, working your own recovery programs for and for working these traditions um, in your relationships and sharing this with us today here on the Spirit of Recovery. Uh, you've just given us a really powerful program, and I appreciate it. So thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having us, Anna. We're absolutely honored. Well, I am so glad. Thank you very and much. Thank you. You, you bet. And thank you all for listening. And uh, have a wonderful week. And we'll be back with you next week here on The Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you sing. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Are you ready to take a quantum leap into greater self-acceptance and love? and freedom from suffering by connecting all your parts, especially those you deem broken? If so, join Mark Anthony Lord, founder and spiritual director of the Bodhi Spiritual Center in Chicago, every Monday at 1 p.m. Central, as he helps you understand there's nothing wrong with you. You are perfect just the way you are. This show is for you, so you can know you're not alone, and that you really matter, and that miracles are right here within you and all around you. From this knowing, anything and everything becomes possible. Each week, Mark will be joined by amazing guests who share their journeys of awakening. Listen live on Mondays at 1 p.m. Central or download the podcast at your convenience or subscribe via iTunes to Nothing Broken Here with Mark Anthony Lord only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm. 